Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bootstrap Founder Podcast. My name is Savit Khan, and I talk about bootstrapping, entrepreneurship, and building in public. This episode is called Being Imperfect in Public. And first, a word from a sponsor. MicroAcquire is the number one startup acquisition marketplace. You probably heard of it if you've been following this podcast, because I've been talking about it a couple of times. It's just really the most efficient way to sell a startup when you're ready to make your next move. And uh, typically, when you're a first-time founder, and we've all been there, most of us are still there, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into when you go through an acquisition. I certainly didn't, and uh, it took me a lot of research to even understand how that works. MicroAcquire wants to change that and empower founders when they're speaking with buyers. Really just helping streamline the process of getting acquired um, just for the maximum price without headaches. And the traditional route of selling a business can be confusing and challenging and involves a lot of players and a lot of learning, a lot of resources. The goal at MicroAcquire is that they eliminate all of that by building innovative tools for buyers and sellers, which essentially allow for an easy, trusted, and transparent acquisition process, something that we all want for our business because it's precious and we wanted to see make as much money as it can, but also stay afloat and you know have people taking care of it that we can trust. And up to date... That has happened a lot of times. MicroAcquire has helped hundreds of startups already in the short time that they've been there to get acquired, and they have facilitated hundreds of millions in close deal volume, which is quite impressive. <laughs> now, that means that a lot of people made a lot of money. The platform includes a robust community of 100,000 buyers, and they have thousands of startups currently listed. And that ranges from $5,000 in the bottom end to $25 million or more on the top end and asking price. So everything's there. Founders get free instant access by creating a profile on MicroAcquire while staying totally anonymous. And I think if you're thinking about selling a startup, you might just want to check out MicroAcquire. So go to microacquire.com to learn more and you'll be in good hands. Now let's talk about being imperfect in public. When I launched my Twitter course this week called Find Your Following, um, I just launched it a couple of days ago. I realized one thing immediately after I started like launching it on Twitter. My launch tweet had a typo, and I noticed that less than a minute after posing, uh, posting it. And um, yeah, well, for a pristine and supposedly pristine piece of marketing that highlights my professional approach to using Twitter, that wouldn't really work, or at least I thought so, but it did. Before I even had the opportunity to delete the tweet, I noticed my first sale, got my first Gumroad notification after just posting the first tweet in a thread. I couldn't even post the actual thread all in one because I needed to use a video and that takes a slightly different um, couple steps. So I posted the first tweet and I was just about to add more tweets to it when I saw the first notification. So that kind of helped. And uh, then I just added the other tweets. And since I had already just added everything I wanted to my launch tweet, um, I chose to embrace this imperfection and just rolled with it. And it turns out that nobody minded. Within the first 24 hours, this course sold almost $5,000 worth. And over the first couple of days, I think we're somewhere around eight or, or 9,000 at this point. Nobody talked about the typo. Everyone enjoyed my marketing video that I did and they responded to the value of the educational content of the course that I presented them with and not the flaws that I saw in it. And this is a lesson that I've encountered repeatedly in the past. Everything works out better when I'm embracing my mistakes and owning them in public and reframing them as something I'm conscious of, but strong enough to ignore. Because nobody cares, nobody minds. And there is no value in perfection when, it, when things just work out just as well without it. 
the opposite is actually the case. An hour spent seeking like to write the perfect paragraph or creating that perfect visual and doing all of that in private, now that's an hour lost interacting with an eager audience in public that just wants to see you succeed. And I've learned that this takes some getting used to. As a creator and as a maker and as a software engineer, as a writer, it doesn't really matter. And I'm trying to lead by example, coming from my own experience. And that's why I didn't delete and redo my tweet. It's why I forced myself to share my work in progress marketing and all the materials, everything that goes into it before I think they're ready. Because that helps me understand that even if it's not ready, ready, if it's not polished or finished, it's still ready enough. And I think ever since we were in school, at least that's that's my experience, we've been taught to present polished work, the final thing. Drafts were discouraged. That was for us to figure out in isolation. But the final product, now that was the important thing. I don't think that's the case any longer. People understand that great results, they come out of iterating on not yet so great results and in-between versions. And people want to see all of it, not just the final product. They want to see the journey of how a thing started, how what it turned into, and what it finally ended up being and every decision that was made along the way. I think we create meaning when we align our internal values with the expectations of others. And usually that means helping someone accomplish their goals. And that is rarely done by optimizing like the white space around the logo or reordering the menu items on a website. That doesn't matter. But when we refocus on serving and empowering others, we stop missing the forest for the trees and we start seeing the most critical problems of the people that we want to help and that seek our help. They don't expect perfection from us. They hope to be seen and paid attention to. They just want something. And usually something means a thing that's good enough, not the perfect thing. I'm not trying to say that you should get sloppy, but I do want to caution you against trying to make things perfect all the time. Just put yourself in your audience's shoes and consider that anything is better than having to deal with a problem all by yourself. So what if your product has a user interface that's built out of default components? They don't care. If it solves their problem, it's good enough. It may not look perfect to you, but you get the whole story. They only get to see the product. And for them, anything is often better than not seeing the perfect thing yet because you're still working on it. And sure, eventually people will expect an overall high quality product, but the final polish is a natural expectation for any product. And it says so right there in the name, at the final stage. And when it comes to most digital products, there rarely is a final stage. Most software as a service products are never truly finished and they need to adjust to market movements and integration needs all the time. They change all the time. And most digital info products, ebooks, courses, stuff like that, they're constantly revised and updated anyway. There rarely is a point in obsessing over the details of our prototypes because that's what they are, in-between things. So why do we treat our in-between stages as if they were fully featured products? I can personally only attribute this to our selective vision of the work of others. We only see their final work while we are constantly exposed to all the ups and downs of our own journeys. We see the accomplishments of others in black and white and stark contrast, while our own work is glaring us into the face in oversaturated colors. We see everything. And honestly, I think we see too much of everything when we look at our own stuff and too little of everything when we look at the things that others create. The antidote? Well, that's building in public and following the journeys of those who do the same, who build in public as well. Because then we see 
that they also struggle and that they also have their little moments of imperfection. And we also notice that it doesn't matter. When I was writing for my course, I looked at other course creators and I saw them working on different stages of their to be created products. And I saw them obsessing over details and re-recording videos that they didn't like and pushing themselves to hit deadlines they set for themselves. I saw that other creators were just as confused and stressed as I was with making a great product. And honestly, that was super, super liberating. I saw creators work on maintaining their own voice and I saw them create and adhere to their style, their own style. And that allowed me to find a voice and a style for myself. It's just nice to see other people kind of feeling the same struggles, having the same challenges because it puts into perspective that you're not alone and that everybody's just trying to figure it out. And once I had found that for myself, I dismissed anything else and just got to work. And I set very specific goals and I framed them in my mind so I could get to those goals. I wanted to create not the best Twitter course out there because what does that mean anyway? But I wanted to create the one that reflected my approach the best. And I didn't want to create cinema-like video content. Didn't care about that. But I wanted to create an instructional narrative that allowed me to impress on my future students how important it is to make a personal connection. Because that matters to me much more than pristine video. Even though the quality of the video in my course is actually quite good because I put some effort into this, still, that is baseline. The important thing, the thing that people walk away with from the course is not that I look great on camera. I, I'm not an actor. I don't care about this. But what I want them to walk away with is how to engage meaningfully with people on Twitter, how to build relationships with other people, how to not tweet into the void, that kind of stuff. That's important. So I thought about my course from their perspective. And it was so much easier to focus on the core principles of what I had to offer after going through that mindset shift, right? Looking at my thing through their eyes. And I stopped considering what I wanted to teach, seeing myself as some kind of erudite professor teaching the truth. And I just started focusing on what my students would like to learn. And I made a list of learning outcomes and I started bridging them to what I knew most about. That's, that helped. The resulting course seems to resonate well with my audience. And I think that makes it successful, despite the minor imperfections. It's what people wanted me to make for them. And I even made a hilarious mistake in there. I just want to share that because, you know, we are talking about imperfections. And I confused Derek Sivers with Simon Sinek as the author of Start With Why. And that's a book that I have read and that is sitting right next to me. And that was sitting right next to me while I was mixing up the author on camera. It's hilarious. Like, who does that? But I, I still don't edit that out. First off, it's complicated. It takes a lot of energy and takes a lot of redistribution. And I don't want to do it. But people love and bought the course for all the other things that it gets right. Because they don't care about the things, the little mistakes that you make. The overwhelming support they find in the material is that there is so much other good stuff that actually is correct. <laughs> so I'm telling you this because I know that right now, for you, personally, there's something you're working on that could already be in the hands of those who need it the most. And maybe my little stories of messing up and sharing the wrong things and making a little typo and my launch tweet, the most important tweet that's going to be my pin tweet for like half a year, doesn't matter. It's still selling. Like up to this day, I sold like 150 like units off the course. It's incredible. Like that's 150 people that get to learn how to do Twitter. It's awesome. So just put it out there, whatever you're working on, whatever is like almost ready, it's ready now. 
ready enough and you can always change it later. Just put it out there. It may not be perfect, but it will be just fine for your audience. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Funnel Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Avid Kahl, A-R-V-I-D-K-A-H-L. You can check out the blog at bootstrapfunnel.com. You can find my book, Zero to Sold, there, Embedded Entrepreneur, and my new Twitter course, Find Your Following. It's also available at findyourfollowing.com. If you have any questions about this episode, please reach out on Twitter and send an email to arbit at thebootstrapfunnel.com. If you want to support me and the Bootstrap Founder Podcast, please leave a rating and a review by going to ratethispodcast.com slash founder. Thank you very much for listening today and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.